Okay, good morning, living well. Yeah, this is this is like uh, Pat say our, our last Sunday. Um, you know, uh, same goes to Pat. I mean, Pat is one of my most loyal friends that I have. I mean, uh, this guy will just go the distance uh, with with you. So I'm I'm super thankful for for Pat and how God has used him uh, in my life and. Uh, man, forever, eternally grateful, Pat, just for your friendship, uh, for your help. I mean, just, I can go on and on. So praise the Lord. Um, <clears throat> so uh, I'm going to actually uh, allow, like, let our team have a chance to 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 share, because I've been sharing in most of the fellowship, and I'll, I'll still share in the, in the end, uh, whatever time is left, but I want to let my wife, and then uh, I ask our team who wants to share, and I have... Uh, Simon and then Mankit uh, get five minutes uh, each to do so. But even looking at this class, I just want to acknowledge a, a few people here. I know faces, uh, but I know some, you know, some more than others. But, uh, you know, first and foremost, uh, where's my father-in-law? Oh, yeah, right there. So uh, my father-in-law and my mother-in-law, thank you uh, so much uh, for all you do uh, for us, all the helps that that you have done all the babysitting endless babysitting and helps uh we are just so thankful uh for your support for your love and uh we're gonna miss that but but you're gonna come visit we're gonna come back uh still uh so so it's not goodbye it's just see you again uh you know we have uh doug and bethany i mean just uh, again you know um they are one of the reasons, you know, how, or, or how the Lord used them uh, to bring us to Vietnam. I wasn't supposed to go to Vietnam. Uh, Chris was supposed to go to Vietnam. He double booked on a, his family trip to Colorado, and I I got to go. Uh, and and then and then Doug and Bethany were leading the way, and and their example uh, in how they conduct themselves in the field. At, it means the whole, I mean, the world to us. We won't be here if it wasn't for them, you know, how the Lord used them. So uh, super thankful that they are here. I mean, just, uh, yeah, this is the man right here. And uh, yeah, and so so others ju just got to know Aaron uh, and just very like-minded in terms of business. <laughs> Deanna, who, who man, just uh, love on my wife and myself, like just, Thank you. And, and on and on. So I don't want to take too much time, but uh, I'm going to come back <laughs> round two. But right now, I'll let my wife uh, share a little bit and then, you know. Okay. So, yeah. How in the world do you sum up the last 16 plus years here at Midtown? Um, so it's really in this verse, uh, Psalms uh, 13, 6, it says, I'll sing unto the Lord because he hath dealt bountifully with me. Um, and it, you know, it really, it's true. Um, so I'm going to just start at the beginning. I was born in 1981 in Kansas city, just in case anybody wanted to know. So, uh, I was born and raised in a Christian family, got saved as a, as a child. Um, and, you know, I think at the beginning, um, God really put it into my heart 
a love and a desire um, to see other cultures. So I remember we used to get um, National Geographics at our house and I would just spend hours and hours like looking at all the exotic places of the world and the stories of the people. Um, and I, I just really had a heart for international people for some reason. Um, and so, you know, fast forward to college years, I'm gonna start my timer real quick because I think I only have 10 minutes. Um, so fast forward to college years, um, as I went to UMKC, I made it a personal goal to um, get to know as many different ethnic groups as I could to the point where they called me family. And so that was sort of my own personal little goal. And so it, I succeeded. I was a part of like every cultural group. And, um, you know, in there, I really found just some really deep friendships and, you know, a love for people. Um, and somehow I accidentally lived with six different Asian women. Um, I didn't plan that. I just happened to keep getting all these Asians. So I learned in college how to only use chopsticks and how to eat lots of Asian food. And um, I was very comfortable um, with Asians. And then I ended up with a Chinese best friend. Um, and at that point, I wasn't here at Midtown. Um, I was involved in like Campus Crusade and different campus groups. Um, and I actually used to sit down at the Starbucks um, for about five years every Friday night with my Chinese best friend, and we'd read the Bible and pray, and we would always talk about how we wondered where the tightest two women were in our lives. Like, how come there was nobody taking us under their wing and training us or teaching us? We were really missing that, and we didn't even really have the word discipleship, but we were just like... I mean, we're in our 20s now, we're kind of getting close to being done with college, and what are we doing? Like, you know, we didn't really know, and we just knew that we needed to pray um, and read our Bible. And it was during around that time that I got invited to KCBT, um, and my very first Sunday was Sam's very last Sunday. He preached, and he talked about how he was moving here to plant a church, um, and I was just like, you know, really just blown away by what he was preaching and what he was saying. And I knew that I wanted to be a part of that church plant, but I had also had a season, a series of following religious leaders who then messed up and fell away. And in, in, in I was very cautious at that stage in my life, just, just to jump ship and go follow another person. And I really felt like God had called me and brought me to KCBT. And so I just wanted to sit there for a season and like, and be where God wanted me. And I think really the reason why was Andrew was a part of that church plant and he wasn't mature enough yet for me. Um, and so I think, uh, I think God didn't want us to meet yet. So yeah. So <laughs> just so I throw that out there. Uh, so anyhow, I was in KCBT for about a year and like, um, I always wanted to come here on the Sunday night, but for some reason, I always had homework on Sunday night, like a big paper due. I could never manage to get here. Um, and so it took about a year for me to be able to come. It was actually the first, first or second Sunday, they started having church service in the morning is when I showed up. Um, and actually at that point, Andrew had already left for London, so he wasn't here. But the very first person I ever met walking in the door was Deanna. <laughs> uh, and, you know, again, just really blown away um, by just all the women I met because like, 
I had visited a lot of other churches where, you know, the guys come up and talk to you and none of the women do. But when I walked in the door, I was just blown away with so many women who came up and were just talking to me about my faith and, and just seemed really interested. And that was the day I never left. I, I never left. I just, just stayed. Um, and through that time, um, I got discipled. I joined a Bible study. I joined a ministry. Um, I really grew in my faith. A lot of the doctrinal holes that I had were being filled, like all these questions about Noah's Ark and, you know, speaking in tongues and all these things were the pieces were falling into place and I was really learning. Um, and then it was in this church that I met Andrew. God brought him back here. We got married. Uh, he started the Friends of International Ministry, uh, which was very a, a very natural ministry for us, you know, because it was just great being around all these internationals and all these cultures. And uh, it was then we met Simon and Foam and Mankit, and you know, they're they're family now. You know, they're they're like my little brothers and sisters. Um, and so it was during that time that um, there was um, a day. It was at Mission Focus. They were talking about Doug and Bethany going to Vietnam. They hadn't gotten there yet, but I think you were just praying about it or you were about to go. And I remember God like placed this little thought in my head that maybe one day Andrew and I would go and hang out for like a year with Doug and Bethany. But it was always in the mindset of like, we're just going to be their support. Like, we're just going to go and help them. And this was before I had kids, you know, and so it was very easy to be like, yeah, let's go for this adventure. Yeah. But that was like the first little thought. And then the second little thought was I was with foam and we were at a party and we we're sitting on the steps and she was being faced with having to go home. And she, we were talking about like, what would it be like for her to go home? Cause there's no church there for her. And, and I just remember telling her that like, God, God will make a way for you. He didn't bring you all the way here to get saved, to send you home to nothing. And, and again, there was a little like tiny prick in my heart of like, maybe, maybe somehow we would be there with you. But then I had children and I had a job and you know how it is with, with children. You're just kind of in survival mode, uh, you know, taking care of kids and working and just doing all the daily things. And that's when Andrew went for the first time to Vietnam. I didn't get to go on that trip. I had to stay home. I had a six month baby, you know, and he came home and said, I think we're supposed to meet, leave and move there. And you know, it's a totally different scenario, uh, moving with kids. Like I was super adventurous before kids. Now I'm like, be careful, watch out. Don't, don't, don't watch the street. Oh my gosh, there's too many cars. No, too many motorcycles. So, you know, <laughs> there was a season of having to really, um, kind of like work through like moving with my family. Cause you know, there's no midtown there, you know, there's no schools, all the things that you want for your children. Um, and so, you know, there was definitely a season of life where it was a real struggle of grieving and praying through this process and like what life would be like and to leave. I mean, I've been here for 42 years. This is my home. I've never lived anywhere else. Um, but, you know, the thing that God taught me during that season was that I could just trust him to move forward, you know, um, and, and it's like, I didn't really have the answer in my heart, like that, yes, I want to go and I'm going to go, but it was just like, you can trust me just to take the next step. And so we started taking the next steps. Um, and it wasn't until like, I got on deputation that it really was like made, I think God really showed me that, you know, there's a call on my life too. And that, that, you know, he put this team together for some reason and, um, you know, just deputation was amazing. Just, uh, that's when we went out support raising, just meeting all these people from all over and just, you know, the love and support we felt. And, 
um, you know, but it was like during that time, I, I met other missionaries from around the world and just them telling me their stories and how God showed his faithfulness and all this stuff. It, it just felt like, wow, that's amazing. I want to be a part of something like that. Um, and it's also very obvious to me over the last five years that God is obviously doing a work in Vietnam. Just, I mean, we haven't even been there. And Andrew has seen people get saved and discipled and more people saved and more discipled. And there's a whole group of people waiting for us. Um, and one thing in FOI we always prayed about is um, we always would pray for men and women of peace. And, and that was like our target. Like, like if we have people come and they seem like they're just like a peaceful person who just seems kind of like connected to us, that was the person we knew that God wanted us to like go after and witness to. Um, and I just feel like there's just so many men and women of peace in Vietnam. And, you know, it's, it's not our ministry, it's the Lord's ministry, and he has opened a door, and there's lots of people who just need, need God, and they're searching for God, whether they know it or not, um, and so, you know, it, it's been a journey, but it's been an exciting journey, we're excited to go, um, and we know that God has a lot of things in store for us there, um, and, you know, one of the verses he gave me this week, too, was, Psalms uh, 1611 that says "Thou will show me the path of life in thy presence is fullness of joy at thy right hand. There are pleasures forevermore. Um, and it just made me remember, like, we're not going alone. We're going with the Lord and he has made a path. And like, you know, sometimes he doesn't reveal that path until you're in that moment. But even leading up to going, we've just seen him provide in so many supernatural ways that we know we know that it's God making this way for us. Um, but yeah, so yeah, it's, it's kind of, that was like a quick sum up of like, it hasn't even been 16 years. I don't even remember. It might be closer to. Yeah. So it's been a long time. Um, but yeah, I would just want to encourage you guys to get involved with any kind of ministry here, you know, and FOI is a great one um, because, you know, people come and they're missing their families and they're missing moms and dads and aunts and uncles and grandparents. And so, you know, um, they, they love it. They love to feel like they're a part of a family. Um, and so, yeah, I would encourage you if you can to get involved um, with Friends of International and then come visit us, you know, come to Vietnam, like the water is warm. You don't have to eat noodles for breakfast. I will make sure of that. So, yeah, poor Abishay, the first time she ever went, she was like, I'm eat noodles. And I'm like, you know that there's pastries, right? And cereal and Starbucks and Dunkin' Donuts. So yeah, so if you come, I will personally make sure you guys are set up uh, in a nice, nice Airbnb with some good food. So I think that's my time. And so I think I am passing it over to Simon. Thank you. Um, hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Ming. I'm from China. Um, I have been here at Midtown for like 11 years. When I first came here, it was like back to 2012. And I met Andrew at the Chinese buffet. And so I was his seller. And then so we would talk and then he gave me the church address. And then so it was my first time visiting Midtown with a broken heart. 
and and then so I was so like eager to know why these people believe what they believe, why they think the Bible is the living word of God, and then so I have a lot of questions. So, but English was really hard for me at that time. I didn't speak well English. But I went to the Bible study. I got to ask questions, and then so little did I know that I got saved because I saw the grace of God and His forgiveness. And then so from that point, I accept Him, and then I got saved. And then I wanted to know more, so I signed up for the discipleship, and it was like really a life change experience because it really taught me how to live in a Christian life and how I should live in God's perspective, not my perspective. And then so, and then I def definitely saw a lot of God's miracles in my life and change. And then so I began to pray for my brother because like he was only eighteen when I left him. And he was like a teenage, and then so I was so worried about him that by himself living in Hong Kong, and our mom passed away, and all the things. So I prayed for him for like three years, and I prayed that he will come. I prayed that he will get safe, and then God answered my prayer. Back to 2015, he came in September, and then he came in July, and then he got saved in September, and then so that was like a huge prayer answer that God for me, and then so, and then at that time. I was living with Fong. We were roommates, and then I was like thinking, "Oh, it may be so, you know, they kind of kill together. What if, like, you know, God put them together?" So I kind of slowly having this prayer in my heart again, and then so yeah, and then they got married two years ago, and so well, that's like you know, that's how God answered in a way that out of my expectation, and then so Fong is from Vietnam. And then when before she got married, when we were still roommate, she was like, "Hey, I'm praying that there will be a team to go to Vietnam, and I pray that you will be one of them." And I was just like, "No, no, no, no! This is too much to ask. <laughs> I have never been to Vietnam. I don't know the people over there, and I do not know if I would love them. You know, I don't even speak the language over there." And then I said, "That's impossible. I'm not going there." <laughs> and then. It's just like how funny that God slowly changed my heart, and then one summer, that was a 2017. That Stephanie, they were moving from India and going to、uh, Cambodia, and then so over the summer, I was about to go back to China to visit for like a whole month, and then I went and talked to them and say, hey. Maybe I should spend one or two weeks with you guys since you are in Asia. I am in Asia too, so maybe I should go there with you. But I didn't know over that year there was a mission team were planning to go to Vietnam. That is in the first year that Andrew was leading the team, and I didn't know that twelve people out of fourteen were from FOI. Like I was in the FOI ministry for years, and I didn't know that all these people they have a heart for the people on the other country. So I went on a mission trip, and then it was just literally eye opening to see so many people, young people, they never heard about the name of Jesus, never studied the Bible, and they are so eager to know what we have. And then so we saw people come to Christ like every single year, but however we didn't stay there for long term. So we went back to America, and then so we slowly lost contact. And then so just seeing like so many people that they got saved, but they didn't have people to disciple them to teach them the word of God. Everything that we have here, all the worship, the Sunday, the Tuesday, the fellowship, the CE, the 
whatever welcome party we have, they don't have over there. And then, but they're just like babies and orphans. And then now they have no one to teach them. So, and God slowly like draw my heart to like having a compassion to the people in Vietnam and then to get to know them. And then, so, so here I am that I am like going to there. And then, so I definitely know that this is how God worked in my heart to call us to go to Vietnam, even though from the beginning that my heart was so different, different than where I am right now, but I'm so excited at the same time, I can see and feel the people that you guys are supporting us. So we are, we are all in this together, even though you are, you are here and we are there, but I strongly feeling that you guys are praying for us. And I pray that God, that your faith will be strong because when we come back one day, we don't get to see any of you here anymore. You will be heartbroken. So I pray that your faith will be strong so that you can pray for us and then we can pray for you. That's it. Oh, that's my brother. Thanks. Um, good morning. Uh, my name is Man Kit. I'm Simmons' brother. Um, so I think, you know, um, one of the things I would say is be careful with what you pray for. Uh, because God is the one who answers prayers. And, um, and he's faithful to answer that. And, uh, you know, I think my story starts with, you know, piggyback off what Simon said, you know. She prayed for me for three years and she bring up to the church and other brothers and sisters to pray for me. And God bring me all the way from Hong Kong to here so that I can hear. I can really hear because I heard the gospel many times in Hong Kong. I heard about it, but it's always here, but not actually listening with my heart. So uh, soon after that, I, I encounter, you know, God convict of my sin and bring me to the place of I need Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. And uh, it was September 20th. That's the day that I, um, I said, God, I'm done with my old life. I'm done with, you know, my sin. God, you love me. I want to follow you. I want the right relationship with you. So that's the day that I, you know, went up to the altar, you know, to the front of the church. And Andrew was there. And Andrew was the one who led me to Christ. And since that day that, that um, you know, my life is forever changed. And um, there's decision that made that I need to repent and say, say yes to God. And uh, Andrew, you know, gave me the counsel from the Bible. What does the Bible say about, you know, this matters that, you know, sin that I need to forego and to say yes to God. And, um, and I said, God, you're worthy to follow. You are, you love me. So um, I'm going to say yes to you. And I want to be right with God and maintain the right relationship with God. So from there, um, saying no to myself, no to sin, but say yes to God. And, you know, um, in that year, uh, during Mission Focus, you know, sign up for LFB, uh, uh, the cost of discipleship and counting the cost. I said, I want Andrew to disciple me, you know, how you sign the form at the end. And uh, during this um, uh, Mission Focus in 2015, um, the message is very clear, you know. Are you willing to say, um, to do whatever and whenever and wherever 
God, God tell you to do, will you do it? And I said, God, you're worthy. I'm going to say yes. So from there, that's laid a really a strong foundation of how my walk with God. God, whatever you tell me, whenever it is and wherever it is, I'll go. I'll do it. Um, you know, fast forward discipleship. And then um, there's many decisions made, you know, throughout the, um, that, um, you know, uh, the growth process. In 2017, um, that was the first time um, that went on a trip. And uh, it's very simple for me, right? He's my Paul. Andrew's my Paul. I'm his disciple. So then I'm going to follow him wherever he goes. Um, you know, when they're with the, with the mentality is like, I think God is actually calling me to go to Hong Kong. Because right? that's where I born. That's where I grow up. I think God want me to be a missionary to go back to Hong Kong. But once I get there, what God is doing there, it just kind of make me wonder, God, what do you want me to do about this? You are moving, God, you're moving in this place, in people's life. What, what do you want me to be? Like, how, what, what should I do? So I simply ask God, and is this something that God want, God, you want me to do? Um, I think, and then fast forward to next year, um, God kind of, you know, put a really heavy burden in my heart for Vietnam and um, the key passage that, that God gave me is in um, 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 Acts 16, you know, in Acts 16 that Paul got the vision from God to go to Macedonia to help a man that needed that need help. And uh, the pronouns change, right? It's no longer just Paul, but he said, we endeavor to go to Macedonia to preach the gospel. So from there, God has really clear to speak to me is I need to follow Andrew where God is leading him. Um, so that's how uh, the process and how, you know, how God is showing me, you know, to say yes to him from the little thing in the beginning. And then God is going to use, <laughs> who am I, but like me to, to make an impact, a bigger impact, um, in, 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 in the country of Saigon, uh, in the country of Vietnam. So um, I'm really thankful for what God has done uh, in my life through my MBT. Without you all, I won't be, you know, able to use my God in this capacity. Uh, the investment that you guys have done in my life, I, I'm going to carry this to bring it into the other, um, literally the other side of the world. So um, we're really thankful and uh, we cover your prayer. As I said, God answers your prayer. So, yeah. Thank you, Mankin. <clears throat> All right, come back. Uh, uh, so um, I think I got, I got about 15 minutes. We have to leave about 11.55. They're going to have another send off for the second service, but I'd like to do a short devotion uh, just to encourage us in the word, if that's okay. Uh, so uh, turn, turn to your Bibles uh, to Nehemiah, Nehemiah chapter one, uh, Nehemiah chapter one. I, I, um, I, I don't know, a few years back, I, I preached through the book of Nehemiah and uh, it, 
it is so encouraging. Uh, if you ever read Nehemiah, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, just a man uh, who trusted the Lord to go to Jerusalem uh, to help rebuild the city. And, and the Lord used him mightily and rebuilt all the walls and gates in 52 uh, days. It was a mission impossible, but it was possible because of God. Before I forget, I need to acknowledge Pastor Chris and Christine as well. Man, they have been uh, a, a big help. I, I forgot to, to, to say that. Thank you so much uh, for all your love and support. Uh, but Nehemiah chapter 1, uh, I'm going to read verse 1 to 4 and then just share a couple of things from, from this passage uh, that hopefully will encourage everyone here to trust the Lord the same way that Nehemiah did. Okay, so let me read. The words of Nehemiah, the son of Hekeliah, and it came to pass in the month Chislu, in the 20th year, as I was in Shushan, the palace, that Hanani, one of my brethren, came, and he and certain men of Judah, and I asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped, which were left of the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. And they said unto me, The remnant that are left of the captivity there in the province are in great affliction and reproach. The walls of Jerusalem also is broken down. And the gates thereof are burned with fire. And it came to pass when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Let's pray. Father, uh, thank you for so much for this morning. Thank you uh, for the testimonies that uh, were given. Uh, Lord, you are a great God. And I pray uh, that your word will continue to have gravity in our life, that the conviction of your word may sink in deeper than just hate knowledge, but to our hearts, uh, like Nehemiah. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. And so we see here Nehemiah, in, in the first chapter here, we see that his role is a king's cup bearer. Okay, so uh, for, you, for those of you who are not familiar with that, he basically checks the wine for the king. And, 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 and that role is very important because in those days, you know, people would try to assassinate the king and so on. So he has to go test to make sure that the, 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 the wine is not poisoned and, and so on. Uh, so so the, as a result, the, the king's cupbearer has an ear, right, to the king. And it is a very important role. Uh, in the king's palace. So why do I say all that? I, I say all that because Nehemiah is set like jet. Have you heard of that term? Have you heard of that term? Set like jet. Meaning, man, he is like set for his role. He has a great, important role. You know, some of you are, you know, uh, in, in those places, right? You have established yourself in the corporate world or in businesses, in, in whatever that you do, right? You are set like jet, you know? And, and here, Nehemiah, you know, he's in the palace doing his thing, and then his brother came, right? And this guy, Hanani, came in and said, hey, you know, what's going on? And, and he asked, like, hey, how's, how's the people in Jerusalem? And Hanani explained that, and you know what? That really gripped that really gripped Nehemiah to the point where he can sense the gravity and the hurt and the affliction and the reproach of the brethren in Jerusalem. Isn't it like 
to the point where he sat down and wept and mourned certain days. Do you guys see that? Man, I, I pray that, that as we, as we you know, come to church, as we study our Bible, that we won't be, be indifferent. You know how we can go on autopilot? That's, why I, that's what I meant by, by Nehemiah. He, he wasn't autopilot. It wasn't business as usual. He took action, right? Because the word of God was so powerful, it convicted him to the point where he prayed and fasted. And then what we see later in, in chapter one is he, 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 he literally, you know, put his neck on the line to, to see God move in the people in Jerusalem. How did he do that? Well, because we see he prayed and fasted and so on that his countenance was not good in front of the king. Okay, now for those of you who are not familiar with that, if you are if you are king's cupbearer or if you work for the king, you don't you don't get to do a sour face even if you have a bad day. That's what happened in the context of those days. When you have the king, you better be in good mood or else the king's like, I'm not happy with you, bro. Right? And then and we see that in other examples. So so you can't do that. But because Nehemiah was praying and agonizing over what's happening with the suffering of the people, he couldn't help but just had this bad, poor countenance, you know? And so, so we see how God has convicted him so much so that he was in danger, literally putting his life on the line. And, and, and we know the story is that God used that conviction and blessed him and the king blessed him and prepared him and and, and, and gave him all the resources necessary to do the work. And in 52 days, he got the job done. You know, what about us, right? I mean, so, so the application for us is like, well, we're living in America is relatively comfortable. And I got my job. I got my 401k. I got my car. I got everything set up. Would we allow God to interrupt our life like that? right? Would we allow the, the word of God to cause us to come to a place that we can't but to respond to whatever that is that God is telling us? Man, I can't, I can't sleep until, you know, my neighbor comes to Christ, until my co-worker comes to Christ, until my employee comes to Christ, right? Until my boss comes to Christ, and then it just goes on from there, Right? How, how cool it is to have that kind of heart because that's God's heart. The Bible says He's not He's long-suffering, not willing that any should perish. You know, that is, that's what I see in Duck and Bethany. That's why they do what they do because they, they got the conviction and they can't stop. I mean, the places that they go, most, most people don't want to even want to go there, right? The slums of India, the stench of the sewer and on and on, but they're there because there's a conviction and they're looking for new Jerusalem, right? This new heaven. It's so interesting, the names, the names of these folks in chapter one is so cool. Do you know that Nehemiah means Jehovah comforts? Isn't a cool, cool meaning to his name? Jehovah comforts. That's what God wants to do. And he is son of Hekeleah who waits for the Lord, who waits for the Lord. And I thought maybe, man, God is waiting even for us to respond, right? God knows what he wants to do. God makes it very plain in his scripture, go ye therefore. But he's waiting, waiting for us to respond, 
right? In whatever measure and capacity of your faith. And then, and then, and then Hanani, the brother, remember the, the, the brethren Hanani that came and shared the news? His name means God is gracious. You see? God is gracious. And so God wants to bring this grace, right? We are saved by grace through faith to everyone. And so just to put it together, man, God wants to use you and me, right? The Holy Spirit is a comfort, but use you and me, Jehovah comforts, to comfort those around us. I mean, that are in affliction and reproach. Have you, have you seen the news lately? I mean, just everywhere, everywhere is problems and whatnot. You know what they need? They need grace. They need the message of grace. And guess what? You and I, we have it, right? We have the message of grace. We can bring this to them. But you know what? It's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you something, right? And so, so, so are we willing to do that? Are we willing to do that? You know, the other example I can think of, like sometimes, again, this is living well and it's an older crowd, you know, if you, if you will. But I think of Caleb, right? The Caleb, remember Caleb in the Old Testament, right? He was 40 when, when he was ready to go, but, but because of his other brothers who didn't obey the Lord, he had to wait another 45 years. So at 85 years old, we see Caleb still remember the promise of God and say at 85, he said, I want Hebron. Okay, so maybe you don't connect all the dots here, but Hebron is a fortified city with giants in it. Okay, it is crazy. The three sons of Anak is the name of the king, uh, name of the giant, and his three sons. These are like big giants, fortified. And 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 Caleb at 85 years old said, I want that. Let me have it. Okay, was it based on his ability? No way at 85. He might think he's a stud. I mean, he said that I'm still as strong at 85, but really. He's stronger in faith than anything, right? It is faith. It is the measure of faith that the Lord counts as currency, not our abilities. And so if you're here and you're like, I'm too old for this. No, you're not, right? No 85-year-old here, right? No one older than So Caleb is our example that God can use young and old and middle-aged, poor or rich and, and on and on to, to, to do his work. Right? And the cool thing is this. Caleb got to see the miracles that happened, didn't he? You see, if we don't accept this proposition from the Lord to go ye therefore, you know who is missing out? We are. You see what I'm saying? We would miss out on the things that the Lord would have for all of us to see things that, how did that happen? You get to have front seat to see the miracles of God. And so, so I want to I wanna, uh, close us um, with, with, with just a challenge from Nehemiah here uh, to allow God to, to have gravity in your heart as, as you read the, the Word of God. Allow that to say it's possible. 
with, all, with God, all things are possible. Do not limit God, right? As the Lord speak to you, you know, respond, right? Respond, allow yourself to respond, allow uh, yourself to cry, allow yourself to mourn, allow yourself to fast, and then call upon the Lord, you know, because what we see, the pronouns in verse 4, 5, 6, and on, is this, I pray, I pray, you know, because not everyone prays, but it starts with one, right? And then what we see later on is that in verse 11, it went from one to plural prayers of thy servants, plural. So as he prayed and he got on fire, you know what? Other people see something like, oh man, bro. Aaron, you're like praying and crying for people. Can I join you? Right? And, and, and you, you know what I'm saying? It's real. It's powerful. And, and from there, the Lord started to answer prayer for Nehemiah. Do you see that process? You see that process? God wants us to count the cost. Right? It is amazing journey, amazing adventure. So for us in Vietnam, that's what we're trusting the Lord for. We we're not able people, we, but we want to trust the Lord. Everything, we want to trust the Lord to guide us and lead us, but we're saying yes, you know. So we covered your prayers, I'll close in prayer, and, and then we will leave in uh, four minutes, and then Pastor Doug maybe can help, help us, or however you guys uh, want to do this, uh, we'll, we'll help. So thank you again. Uh, for allowing us to to come to your class and just share a couple of things uh, on on the word and and Vietnam, we we again we covered your prayers. It's not goodbye. We'll see you again. Come visit again. It's not napalms and uh, you know things that maybe the old school thing like jungles and mosquitoes and it's a lot more modern these days. There's Airbnb, swimming pool, uh, beach. So it's pleasant. We can make it work, okay? Uh, and so come visit. Uh, so let me pray and close this out. Thank you again. Uh, Father, thank you so much uh, for your love toward us. And thank you uh, for allowing us to be co-mission with you. It is a privilege. It's not that I, you know, uh, that we have to do that. It's that we get to do that. And so, Lord, I'm just so thankful that I get to go. I get to do that. And, uh, Lord, I thank you so much for living well, for Pastor Chris in, in leading this class. And I pray that they will be missionaries. I mean, they're already missionaries from this class uh, going to different places. But I pray that that, that spirit of saying, uh, Lord, uh, please convict me. Please use me. Uh, will be will be stronger and stronger. Uh, that I wouldn't, I wouldn't put, uh, I wouldn't go on an autopilot in my life. I wouldn't say, oh, I'm too old for this. I can't do this. But Lord, that, that will open ourselves uh, for great faith because we have a great God. And I ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so... Adrian, thank you very much. All right. Um, so as they, as they leave, we want to try to get, maybe we can break up in groups and just pray over some of the things Andrew talked about for their team. 
And also, just before you guys leave, is there anything as a living well class that we can do to help support you guys as you're there in Vietnam? Anything? Um, yeah, so there, there's one thing, you know, there's two things maybe. Number one is definitely prayer. You know, uh, we have a Facebook uh, page uh, that's secret. So you do like Facebook me. So because it's sensitive in that country. Uh, to share things, so I'll be very discreet. You won't see me posting public so much. Maybe, maybe not. Most probably not. Uh, so, so if you wanna catch up with what's happening, uh, you know, friend requests, and then say, hey, I want to be in this secret group. Uh, we do also newsletter for the quarter. Uh, so, so do that so that you can get the updates. Uh, so yeah, prayers and just keeping in touch. I think uh, would be very big. We can support by giving. You know, if you want to. Um, and then come visit, right? So that's the first part. Uh, the second part I want to say uh, is that you can support us uh, by just uh, helping my, my parents-in-law, right? Uh, my parents-in-law uh, are older, you know. Uh, if you guys aren't aware, it's Bill, Bill and Paulette, yeah. Thanks. My, my, my dad and long legs are not like super good eyesight. Uh, so I think just nature alive, you know, and I think that is a big burden uh, for Rachel and for myself that we can't be here uh, to take care of them. And so if, if you can do that. Yeah. Uh, we got them. Yes. Yes. Yeah, we will definitely love on them. Absolutely. Sure. We will do that. Okay, so Andrew, thank you again. We thank God. We love you. Thank God for you guys. And uh, we will pray you guys as uh, you as you leave. And that will God will use you guys mightily in Vietnam and for safety as well as you travel next week. So as they, as they go, why don't we maybe get together or just break up in groups and pray over some of the stuff that you heard this morning. Pray for them uh, as they leave next week. They're leaving one week from today early on an airplane and then for safety and this, that, that God will, will really just covet their ministry in Saigon and you know, how they will continue to reach out and make disciples and for protection, most of all for protection. So anyway, uh, thank you guys again for coming and sharing. So let's go ahead and do that as we close out and uh, we'll just pray over some of these things.